You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. It's never too soon to start a life plan. It might be too late to dictate your wishes if you don't have documentation in place. Life plans are all about maximizing wealth, protecting assets, and minimizing tax. They're about making sure your wants and needs are protected and your wishes are honored. You can get a lot of good ideas about life planning by going to macmillanestate.com and reading the blog topics that are posted. Then call the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464 and make an appointment to sit down with the McMillan Estate Planning Professional. The McMillan team will take you through the process step-by-step and craft a plan specifically suited to your wishes and needs. You can also take in one of their free seminars to learn more about the process of building a life plan. The next seminars are June 20th in Calgary and June 25th in Edmonton. It might be the best 90 minutes you can invest in your own future and the future of those you love. Wayne Nelson back with you on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. We've been discussing estate administration, specifically assets, and we're going to be talking about the liabilities in an estate administration. If you have been named executor or have accepted the responsibility of administering an estate after someone you knew has passed on. My guest this morning is Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel, Henry Villanueva. So uh, we just left off talking about RRSPs, and these are uh, having designated beneficiaries and they don't go through probate. And that's a good thing because that means that the beneficiary gets access of these funds right away. And uh, we also talked about certain assets that do pass through probate, and those are the cash accounts, savings, checkings, and non-registered accounts as well, such as uh, certain um, self-managed portfolios. Those would need to go through the probate process. But what I also want to caution everyone here is that uh, we have to make sure whether these assets are in the name of the individual who who passed away or whether they are not. And uh, most often than not, families or some business owners may own these types of assets. But if these assets are, for example, in a corporation, partnership, or joint venture, then they do not legally uh, need to pass through probate because the deceased does not own them. And it is the deceased's respective corporation, partnership, or joint venture that owns them instead. So simply put, if a corporation has a couple of investments and the deceased owns the corporation, these assets owned by the corporation need not pass through probate. And what needs to be probated rather are the business shares owned by that deceased person. I think I get it. It's something that you really have to examine when when planning out your estate to make sure that everything is clear and that the beneficiaries or heirs of the estate are also clear on what may or may not be coming down the pike. That's true, Wayne. Another example of an asset most commonly dealt with during probate is uh, life insurance. Life insurance policies, uh, families usually have them and there's different forms of life insurance. It could be term life insurance, universal life, whole life, permanent life. Uh, But suffice it to uh, be said that 
proceeds from life insurance policies go to the designated beneficiary right away. And usually it's within one or two weeks from the deceased passing upon presentation of the required documents. Uh, these proceeds do not go through probate and the beneficiary receives them right away. One last component of the assets and that would be personal effects. That's right. And this is a big thing to consider because uh, personal effects deals with um, the deceased person's belongings. So you could have a car in there or collection of cars if you're Jay Leno, mm-hmm. uh, boats, motorcycles, uh, plus all the various knickknacks, furniture in a home. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, a car, uh, depending on its value, again, may pass through probate, but if the car has a very small of a value, uh, it may be allowed for it to be transferred outright to a designated beneficiary or may be written off in its entirety due to uh, the depreciated value of the vehicle. So you're saying if it's an old beater, you know, you'll probably get it right you'll away. You'll probably get it right but away. But if you're driving that Ferrari, well, you might have to wait for probate. That's right. Uh, it also depends on the registration of the vehicle and the jurisdiction of uh, where it's registered and the owner of the vehicle. Uh, but these are usually not a problem as far as transferring them over to uh, the beneficiary. Another example on personal effects is their belongings in the home. So if there's uh, sofas or artwork or collections, usually we count on the person who deceased and hope that they have left uh, a memorandum regarding personal effects that would show a listing of who those would go to. For example, I have some families who have uh, really valuable artwork in their home, and uh, I would request from them uh, a certain list on value of the artwork, as well as where they would like these artworks to go to, whether a son or their daughter or maybe a niece or nephew. That's not always the case, though, Henry. You could have, say, uh, an older couple um, who have passed on, and they may have a substantial collection, and they may not have put together that list of which particular art items they have or the value. Mm -hmm. In the absence of that memorandum of personal effects, it's now incumbent and on the discretion of the executor and trustee to dispose and distribute of those personal effects. Most often than not, from my experience, uh, they keep those sentimental items and give them to the individuals who they deem would appreciate these items from their deceased loved one. But most often than not as well, whatever remains of those personal effects is put in what we all know to be the great estate sale. And you should have an appraiser at the very least come in to determine the value of an item or any items that you may be unsure of. That's true. And the last thing we want is for uh, an item that was originally purchased, for example, a Mediterranean vase purchased in Persia for $5,000 to be sold for just $50 in the estate sale. We see that all the time on Antiques Roadshow. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Now, we've, we've dealt with the asset aspect of things. Let's look at liabilities. What is the first major liability that typically uh, an administrator has to deal with? It's usually the mortgage. And in that particular case, it's tied up again with uh, the related property uh, from which the mortgage is based off. So most often than not, Carrying a mortgage would mean that the executor or trustee would still need to continue mortgage payments. And sometimes this is difficult if funds are hung up in probate. Sure. So what do you do? Well, hopefully the individual who passed away has insurance. And we use that insurance to pay off a mortgage. 
but in the event that we do not have mortgage, then there is a higher need for us to sell the property in that particular case to be able to satisfy that big debt. In some instances, the estate, depending on uh, the credit standing of the estate, may ask for further financing to be able to continue on with such mortgage. Uh, but most often than not, what happens is the family would like the property up for sale. Uh, line of credit falls into the same category. That's right. And the line of credit may not, not just necessarily be an independent line of credit. Lines of credit may originate also with the home as security, such as a HELOC loan, or lines of credit and financing based on uh, automobiles and vehicles as well. Other liabilities, Henry, after we've looked after the mortgage, line of credit, HELOC, th- those kind of things, what's next? The big one I believe everybody should be aware of is tax. Oh, death and taxes. We can't escape those. That's right, Wayne. Definitely. So unfortunately, even after we pass away, uh, taxes are still following the deceased. Uh, We don't escape taxes by passing away, so I don't uh, recommend that be a solution for those who have tax problems. Uh, One of the problems, again, in regard to tax is that when uh, the person passes away, all our assets are in a way deemed disposed uh, on a case-by-case scenario, and we trigger what's called a capital gains tax. So each family and individual should uh, at least be aware of this capital gains tax and what amount that tax would be. So as should we pass away, we're aware of how our family will uh, get funds in order to satisfy that tax. In addition to capital gains tax, the individual who passed away is still liable and needing to file a terminal tax return as well as file income tax after uh, they had passed away. In that particular respect, we have another tax return that we have to file, and that's a tax return for the estate of the deceased. In that respect, we also have to consider capital gains tax and all the taxes due from the deceased's estate. Uh, But what I want everybody to take away from this discussion of ours is that For an executor or trustee, I caution you not to release all of the estate funds until after you have received what's called a certificate of clearance from the CRA. And the reason you need to do that is for your own protection. Should you distribute all of the deceased's estate or assets, and all of a sudden, Mr. CRA comes knocking on your door saying there's still an outstanding $50,000, Unfortunately, that will now be on your tab since you've distributed all of this, those assets, pointing out that you're personally liable for any tax owing even after having distributed the estate property. So it might behoove you to get some helpful advice when dealing with the administration of an estate. Henry, thank you very much. We've, uh, we've gone over lots. Uh, my guest today has been... Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel Henry Villanueva. We have been discussing estate administration. If you'd like to know more, the Macmillan team will be in Calgary on Thursday, June 20th at 6.30 p.m. and in Edmonton on Tuesday, June 25th at 6 p.m. to talk with you about estate or life planning. To register, contact Macmillan Estate Planning at 403-266-6464 during weekday business hours or learn what Macmillan Estate Planning does by visiting their website at macmillanestate.com. I'm Wayne Nelson. Thanks for joining us on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.